I was going to share and just continue the Coke message. If you were here two weeks ago, we handed out cans of Coke to everybody. Uh, just talk about another Jesus. Um, but I'm not going to. But I am going to give you the two parts of that that I didn't share, just to sort of wrap that up so we can, we can know. And I'm going to share about the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, God wants that declared, which is cool. But the last two parts of that message where I spoke about another Jesus, uh, the first one I gave us was that if we prioritize the commission above the commandment, we're not going to come into the fullness of life that God calls us to because the fullness of life is found in the commandment, not the commission. It's found in him. So life is found in God, and then from that place we then go and fulfill the commission. But to fulfill the commission before you really know God is actually suicide, because you'll burn out, and you won't have the sustenance. You'll be able to walk on water, but you'll actually deny Christ. You'll be like Peter. So you can do amazing things with giftings and callings, but eventually when the pressure comes and you're asked to love beyond your ability, you'll get found out. Commandment must be first. The second thing I said is when you prioritize the gifts of the Spirit and the works of the Spirit over the fruit of the Spirit, you also produce another Jesus. And so you don't have the nature within you to be able to love, which means you can't keep the first commandment. But what you can do is keep the commission because you have gifts and works. So these things are intrinsically linked together. So we must be abiding in the vine so the vine, the fruit of the vine is produced. So when we go, because we are called to do works and God has given us gifts to build the church, but not from our own initiative. It's all in him. Jesus patterned that. The third thing is when we deny the power of God, which the Bible says is Jesus, who is the truth, and hold to a form of godliness, we are looking for another way into eternal life. So when Jesus comes in the power of bluntness and he wants to pierce the inner realm to change you, if you deny the power, Christ, Jesus, to do that, then you will always stay in a form of godliness, but you will never be able to live the life out because you deny the power that comes. So two, Peter says, I've given you the divine power that you may live life and live a life of godliness so you can have the divine nature being perfected within you. So if you try and if you deny the power, the word of God, the truth, which is powerful, when it comes to you to change a mindset, you create another Jesus, okay? Because you go looking for life outside of the truth, but you don't even know you do it half the time. And you go, that's not Jesus. And Jesus says, it's me. I stand right in front of you, just like when he was living. They denied him, didn't they? We can do that as followers, not realizing it. And the fourth thing is when we attempt to come into the eternal life, which is Christ in us through human learning and study, intellectualism, human accomplished and mental agreement, you create another Jesus. So when you and I try to come into eternal life through human learning and study, through the mind first, through our own accomplishments and our mental agreement, we create another Jesus. So those are four things that you don't want to do. And if you're doing them, can I just encourage you to stop? Because you won't come into the life he called you to live. Because the operating system, which all those four things are, are flesh. There's only two operating systems, really. Spirit, flesh. 
We need to be operating from the Spirit. Hence, I'm going to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit today to bring us into the operating system of the Spirit that we then can walk in the manner in which Christ walked because as He is upon the earth, we are called to be. There's no way that you and I can love with incorruptible love unless we know the one of incorruptible love. And we come to know the one through incorruptible love by the way of the one of incorruptible love. Anything outside of that, and we will not fulfill the great commandment, which is what we're all going to be asked at their judgment seat. Did you do and fulfill the great commandment? Did you love people like I did? Your job, all our jobs, before it is whatever you do, is to love people. That's your professional job, to be a lover of people. God first, people second, but to love people as God loves people. That's our job description. You could say that's part of, a big part of the will of God. So are we able to love people like heaven loves people? That's the role of the Holy Spirit, to teach us, to bring us, to lead us into the ability to be able to say yes and then live it out. Powerful, isn't it? And when I say people, I mean everybody. So there's no distinguishing love between Daniel and Brian in my heart. Between the person I don't even know that I'm going to meet when I leave here. Why? Because incorruptible love doesn't have favorites based on physical relationships. Incorruptible love just has favor because of the love who loves. It's God's love. Can you hear what I'm saying? So the love of God in a person doesn't go, I love my child more than I love a stranger. It's the same love because it's not human love loving the child. Human love loves my wife more than it loves you. Why? Because I know my wife, I'm married to my wife, but godly love doesn't. That becomes quite confronting, doesn't it? And it challenges the standard to which we're living by. So what I'm going to talk about today is our absolute need to know the Holy Spirit, to be able to hear the Holy Spirit, to receive from the Spirit everything that's of God. Why? So then we can live lives of the Spirit. How cool is that? Okay, let's go there. John 16. We're just going to hang in this passage today. John 16, verses 5. The title of the book in my book says, The Holy Spirit Promised. It's a promise to us. Do you know, as you just heard from Kathleen, Promises galore. There are an abundance of promises. I've given you my divine word so you can partake of the divine promises so you can have the divine nature within you and no longer be a lover of self. Man, that's something to get freed from, isn't it? Get free from you. The Bible says to hate yourself. Hate your old life that binds you to you. See, another standard, isn't it? Kingdom is so different to the earth. Kingdom mindsets, they are foreign to earthly mindsets. I love the life you've given me. Now, is that the new life or the dead life? 
Which life do you love? The life you were born with or your born-again life? You're to love your born-again life. I'm in love with myself. He says, love myself as I love you. I love me. Not the old me, the new me. I love who he's doing. I love what he's doing in me. I love the person I'm becoming. Do you? I love him. Not do you love me. Do you love you? I love me. I'm in love with myself. Meaning the new life. Which means I'm able to love you like he loves me because I love me. But I don't love the old dead Greg. I don't love the 29 years backwards Greg. I love the 29 years forwards Greg. Because when I found life... And I know what Lisa was saying when she said the reason for the season. He's just the reason. Not for a season. He's the reason for everything. He's the reason of the source of life. Not for this time and this time. For every single second you breathe, he's the reason. This is the Christ I've come to know and I've been walking with for 20 years, which feels like 20 seconds. 20 years doesn't feel that long to me. Because in him, time gets evaporated. In him, time just goes. You can spend years and hours, and it feels like five minutes. And then you want more, and it's been a whole day. I can't get enough of him. And I've been given the Holy Spirit to come and live in me. And the Holy Spirit in me is to lead me into all truth. So let's pick it up, John 16, 5. But now I am going to him who sent me. This is Jesus. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse 8. And he, when he comes, will convict the world of sin Righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Verse 12, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. First question, how well do you know the Holy Spirit? He is not a power. He is a person. So the person beside you, how well do you know them? You may not know them at all. You may be married. You may be a relation. You may be a brother. How well do you actually know them? Because he is a person and he wants you to come to know him as a person. He wants you to know him like he knows you. He knows everything about you, but how well do you know him? Because he has been sent. It wasn't his idea. Someone else chose him to come to earth, just like Jesus never sent himself. He was sent by someone else to come here 
for us. And this someone else, as we know, is the Father. And the Father and the Son and the Spirit are all one. And so it is one God, and yet they can, we can look at them as Father, Son, and Spirit. But Jesus actually says here, he's going to disclose what's in me, and me and the Father are one. So don't separate the three out. Put them always back to, here, O Israel, the Lord is one. Don't go, well, I know the Father more, I know Jesus. and I'm, No, 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 it's not like that. Okay, it's if you know the Son, you know the Father. If you know the Father, you know the Son. If you know the Son, you know the Holy Spirit. If you know the Holy Spirit, you know the Father. See, we do that. We box it, don't we? We compartmentalize things. Why do we do that, Greg? To try to understand in our mind. But that is not the place of understanding, church. And the Holy Spirit, what you're going to look at, he's going to tell you how you come to knowledge. It's through him. Through him. We have been given a spirit, his spirit. Yes? Audience participation is always welcome here. Remember, I have black on the inside of me. I like the engagement, not the white thing. We just listen. It's good to participate with me. His spirit comes to live in our spirit, so we are reconciled by the spirit, so we're connected to receive from the spirit. So when the spirit comes in, he is to be our best friend. The Bible describes him as our teacher, our comforter, our counselor, our helper. What for? Not to live your old life better. To walk and grow and mature in the brand new, born again life that's in Christ. A life of love, hope, joy, meaning, purpose, rest, power. He was sent for us. He says this, Jesus says this, but because I have said these things to you, your sorrow has filled your heart. Why were they so sad? I don't know where he's going. They also haven't received the Spirit yet, have they? So they're outside of a reality. Even though Jesus talked to them constantly and told them the future, which he's doing now. You see, we are post-Acts. We shouldn't be sad about anything. Why? Because we know the future. And just like he was coming back, he's coming back. And we can know the future. So when it turns up, it doesn't hoodwink us. Or we don't trip over what's happening because we know this is all part of God's will. And so give these guys some slack. The Spirit had not yet come to live in them. Has he in you? You see, here's the difference between Christianity. There's the Christianity where Jesus is outside of the church, and there's the Christianity where Jesus is inside the church. And I'm not talking about a building. This is not, a, this is not the church. We are the church. So the promise is Jesus came and he stood outside of those 12 men and everybody else. And he did incredible signs and wonders, but he was outside of those 12 men. This is why you can see signs and wonders, but if the God of the universe doesn't come and live in you and change you inwardly, it's all irrelevant. 
You can see stuff, be part of stuff, but your inner realm isn't changing because he wants to come into the vessel, the temple, and the, in Christ, hope of glory comes out of the vessel, and the vessel is full of Christ. But if Christ just remains on the outside of the vessel, then your Christianity will be outside of you when it's to be in you, coming out of you. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit. So they were upset because they have no concept. They're hearing him, but not hearing him at all because they can't. So they're hearing through their minds. And when you don't hear the word or you hear it incorrectly, then you become this, like them, sad. You hear it wrong. So they should have been celebrating the fact that he was going. Why? Because he's coming back. And he told them that. All the time. You read the Gospels. I don't know how many times he says, I'm going to be killed, but. I'm going to be killed, but. I'm going to be killed, but. I'm going to rise again. I'm going to rise again. And they miss it. Because they are unaware yet of the spiritual realm, really, even though Jesus walked with them. But he had to go. And he had to go for us. So why? So the Father could send the Spirit into the church. Wow. So then he says this, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Whose advantage? Ours. Are you taking advantage of the Holy Spirit? Has your life radically changed from the day you received the Holy Spirit in you? Or has it pretty much stayed the same? That is a key indicator of where you're really at in Him. And I say that in love. We have to take account of where we are truly at. Because what we're about to read, the Holy Spirit's role is to bring us and disclose things we don't yet know. So what are the things that you didn't know last year that you now know? What are the things that you had no knowledge that set you free of 10 years ago that you now know? With me? Because it's on the revelation of the knowledge of Christ that we are made free. We've all maybe in this room been set free, but set free is not enough. You need to get made free. People who get set free that are not made free can go back to what they were set free of. With me? Yeah. Right. Why does a dog return to its vomit? Why has it gone back there? Because it's got nothing new to eat. So it goes back to what it knows. It's comfortable, but it's killing it, isn't it? So how are we taking advantage of the Holy Spirit that has been sent 2,000 years ago. This is a now reality. I keep hearing prayers in this house that it's going to happen. It's happened. Okay? I hope you can hear, and that breaks that mindset. If you're praying, it's going to, it's a wrong prayer. It's happened. Okay? A time is coming, he says to the lady. He says, it's here. The time is fulfilled, it's me. So you get more in me and you have more life. You're not in me. You're going to be praying for stuff that's actually in me. So the prayer is right, but change the prayer. 
But if I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Christ sends the Spirit. Everything in God is sent for a purpose. Okay? God is, does nothing just out of a whim. And he does nothing because oh, I've got nothing better to do in heaven. Everything he does is sent. Have a look when you're reading this. How much is sent? John was sent. Jesus was sent. Paul was sent. Everyone is sent. The church is sent. What does it mean to be a sent people? Not you go because you think it's a good thing. You go because you are sent from a command from above. You follow orders from above, and so you are sent from above. Can you see the pattern? God sent the Son. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sends the church. Man, this is something we need to come into more and more and more as the body of Christ. Because you can run around and waste so much time, energy, and resource on stuff he's not on. Because you see a good idea. Or you see a need, but you're not sent to meet it. Very different. One's a good work, but one's a God work. Close, isn't it, between good and God? It's an O. Man, we could talk about that all day long. See, there's the other Jesus. See how subtle and close that is? It's not like this. That's why the, that's why the demonic don't come with pitchforks and, pitch and horns. It comes as the angel of light. And those that know him will know the difference, discern the difference. That's why you don't follow signs and wonders, because the demonic is going to come and do signs and wonders. So how are you going to tell the difference between who's doing the signs and wonder if you don't know the one of the true sign and wonder? That's why the whole thing is never about works, but about relationship. It's always been about the commandment, not the commission first. Because if you don't have the commandment sorted, which is where the true knowledge of God comes, you're going to be in trouble. You will be led astray from every wind of doctrine that sounds like God. It says they're going to come. Leaders are going to come and say, Jesus was the Christ, and they are going to mislead many away from the Christ. They are not non-Christians. You hear me? He says, people are going to come, prophets and teachers, and say, yes, Jesus is the Christ, and they are going to mislead many. They're not saying they are Jesus. So me, say, yes, Jesus is the Christ, and then mislead many away from Christ. This is why we have to be people of the Spirit, to discern the things of the Spirit. So God sends the Holy Spirit. Spirit, so we can be people of the Spirit. So how well do you know the Holy Spirit? Man, he is such an important person in this Trinity because he's the one now on the earth within us to lead us into the fullness of Christ. So if we happen to be a people who go through these days, which are happening right now, then we can be the light of the world. Because our source of life is not in the world, it's in the kingdom. It's in Christ. Christ in me is the hope of glory. There's no hope in this guy unless Christ is being formed in this guy. Because if this guy is anchored to the world, when the world system falls, then all the resource of that falls. What have I got if Christ is not in me? 
If I'm anchored to that, I'm going with it. Can you hear the seriousness of this church? It's serious. It's, it's like wake up time. Okay? And even if we're not the people that are going through these last days, which started 2,000 years ago, then we're preparing the next generation for it. And our reward is about what we do now. So it's irrelevant when, it's all about why. Don't wait till it's too late to find out you haven't got your armor on Christ and it's too late. Because now you've lost your job, you've lost your income, and you've got no way to feed yourself. And you're reliant on a raven coming. Don't wait for the day where you're like, is this somewhere in here? Take advantage today of the Holy Spirit in you. He's here right now. He was in the room. That's why Kathleen couldn't really speak, because she's so touched by the presence of the Holy Spirit that was here. It was so tangible. Did you feel it? Okay, it's tangible. He's real. He wants to come and touch. While he dismantles you, he's going to be your comforter. You see, we think the Holy Spirit's the comforter when my life is bad, when my old life is bad. No, he is, but he's the comforter when he comes to break you down. See, when God the pruner goes, it's time to prune this tree, ooh, whoosh, he then comes and comforts you while you lose a part of your flesh. That's a different thinking of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? So when you allow the process of getting dismantled by the Father, because maybe you've established some foundations that aren't Him, but you think they're of Him, because you've been taught they are, but they're not, and you'll know because you'll have the corresponding life of your true foundation. Yes? Don't lay on another foundation. Why? Because you won't have the life of the true foundation. But if you've got the true foundation, you've got the life of the foundation, which means you can love like God. So you want to build Christ within you so you're able to love with incorruptible love. Otherwise, you're not able to keep the first commandment of heaven, even though you're running around doing all this stuff for God. And there's going to come a day where he's, you're going to find that out because he's going to test it. Can you hear it? All right. Is this good? Thanks, two people. Thanks, good. <laughs> okay, here we go. So he's going to judge the world for those three things. Okay. Verse 12, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. I love this, many more things. So once again, these men are pre the Holy Spirit being poured out in power. We are post. So God has many more things to say to you today that you currently know. What is your current understanding of Him, everything in Him, who you are in Him, and how He wants you to represent Him as an ambassador on this earth? And how is that knowledge growing and forming so now you're capable of living to the standard of the kingdom? No longer the standard of earth, the kingdom of his kingdom of God on this earth. So he's saying, guys, I have way, way, way more of me to impart into you. 
So you can live to the standard to which I call you to. God does not leave anybody hanging. He never asks you to do something that's not possible. But it is impossible in man. So if man attempts, like those four operating systems that I gave you, two just then, two a week ago, if you're attempting to come into life through those, you won't. So Jesus gives everything he needs for a life of godliness. A life of godliness is a life living like Christ. Okay? So he says there are much more things, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. How many people have a GPS app on your phone? How many people know how to use it? How many people have got lost using it? How many times is that your fault and how many times is it the lady on the phone's fault? <laughs> the lady on the phone, that's right. It's spoken from the blonde. But anyway. <laughs> it's all right, I live with the blonde. <laughs> So we have these things called GPSs on our phones that are to guide us to places we want to go. Do you know the Holy Spirit is a GPS? What are those men and women called that lead people up Mount Everest? Sherpas. And they lead people to places that people haven't gone. But they've gone there, haven't they? So they know what it's like at the top. They know. They know the challenges. They know the oxygen levels. But they are so comfortable there because they've been there multiple times. Who has been there from the beginning of time? The Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son. Was the Holy Spirit not there when God and Jesus and the Spirit were creating it all and dreaming it all? So then he sent, because he knows the end from the beginning and everything in the middle, he knows every part of you, because like the Father, he saw you before you ever wore, were, and he's here to guide you to the full and complete measure in you, in Christ, that you could represent the Father well as an ambassador while you breathe. Amen? How well do you know him? Is this foreign to you today? Are you trying to come into this through going, if I just yell it louder, if I read it again, if I just speak it louder, if I memorize it all, if I quote it all, then somehow it's going to supernaturally happen and leave him out of the picture? Or do you say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have been sent by Jesus to be my personal guide along with my brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I am incapable of understanding you, Jesus, and the Father without you. Completely and utterly dependent upon you to teach me all things. I honor you. I thank you that you have been given the instructions from heaven to lead and guide me into the fullness of the Father who loves me. So reveal the Father in me so I may know my Father, know who I am, and be set free from every bondage that my flesh and an adversary is trying to keep me locked to so I can live a life of righteousness out. Because the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of righteousness. Why? Because Jesus is going to the 
Father, so we can't see the standard, but in the Holy Spirit we see the standard, and the Holy Spirit teaches us to live to the standard. He empowers us to live to the standard, so we become the demonstration now of God on the earth, not the Son. Now that was a mouthful. (laughs) We. That comes from in there. Because that's where he is. And he speaks from here out. And that's what he showed me three weeks ago. I, I physically saw like a teacher in me. Who, who's your favorite teacher at school or university? Have you got one? Do you have a favorite teacher or primary that you loved? Just think of them and think about them inside you as just a, as a metaphor of who he is. He's like, he's a person in me and he speaks from within us. And this is where the wellsprings of life flow from because he's just got so much to say. <laughs> and I said to him the other day, I said, can you turn off? He says, no, no, I've given you the capacity for it to flow all day, every day, even when you're sleeping. Because it's not you, Greg, it's not your capacity, it's me in you. So you now have my capacity. Do you think like that, Greg? And do you have the realized reality of that thought in you operating? Because you can handle it all because through Christ who strengthens me, I can do all things. But it's through Christ who strengthens me. That's the bit we must emphasize the most. Not I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can say it, but living it is a whole different reality. It's from the power of God in me because I don't deny the power. I receive the power continuously, builds me. So now because of the power of God in me, which has come through being weak, not strong, Weak, I now am strong, so now I'm comfortable in all situations, whether I've got much or nothing. That's the context of that passage. It's going about, you know what? I got zero stuff and I'm comfortable. I've got all this stuff and I'm comfortable. Why? Because in me is Christ, and I'm not living to the lack or the abundance, I live from the abundance here. Christ in me is the hope of glory because I know the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives within me and the Holy Spirit is teaching me all things, the many more things that I did not yet once know. See, he's the spirit of truth. It's not truth and spirit. It's just the Holy Spirit. So once you get to know the Holy Spirit, truth just is built in you because he is the spirit of truth. Powerful. It's all a position of one. Okay? When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own initiative. Mate, this is the lesson for all preachers. (laughs) You don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from Him, correct? You want to hear what He has to say, not what Greg has to say. You don't want Greg's opinion, you want the opinion of truth. So everyone communicating needs to be able to hear from the Spirit. Because you hear first, you speak second. You don't speak first, then hopefully hear. See, the ways of heaven is to hear. So the Holy Spirit must model this as well for us. So he becomes an example like Jesus was. Because Jesus only spoke what he heard the Father 
saying, because it's the Father's truth, not Jesus' truth, even though Jesus and the Father are one. Yeah? So you and I must be able to hear first. Why do you think you have one of this and two of these? As a symbolic metaphor, but it's all here, isn't it? So the ears and the eyes of your heart are actually your spiritual ears, your spiritual eyes. Jesus said to these Pharisees, he says, you don't understand because you can't hear the word. Now they were hearing, everybody's listening today and everyone's hearing what I'm saying, but are you really hearing what I'm saying? You see, it's a spiritual language, isn't it? I'm talking to you in English, but I'm actually talking to you in a spiritual language called the word of God. And you need to have these ears of the Spirit to hear what I'm truly saying through an English language. If you're to truly hear the word that's going to receive and set you free and make you free. It's not just about hearing what I'm saying. I'm describing in English words the word of God. Can you hear what I'm saying? You need to hear the word, not the words that I'm using to describe the word. It's an invisible. So I could say this, yabba dabba do. Hey, Mel. Mel will know what I'm talking about. Abracadabra, sorry. Abracadabra. That's what you said, eh? At the wedding? Abracadabra. Go have a look what that means. It's got a spiritual context to it. It's not the spiritual context to that from the Hebrew. Okay? Maybe Mel will share it out so you can all get it. But Okay? So, if I said that, do you know what I'm talking about? Because you're hearing, you're in agreement with me. You know what that means. Oh yeah, that's, that's that, Greg. I'm not sure if we're getting it. Are we getting it? It's a language of the Spirit. So if I was to speak to you in Japanese right now, you would understand what I'm saying. Because we all know Japanese. It's a spiritual language. The word is spirit. It's not Hebrew, Greek. It's Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. The truth is spirit. We are of the natural. A natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. None of us understand the things of the spirit when we're born. We only can understand the things of the spirit if we're born again by the spirit of God. And then we grow hearing the spirit of God. So as a parent, as a child, my, ch- my children heard my voice in the womb. They come out of the womb. They hear dad's voice. They hear the voice of the shepherd, their father. And so they're one with the Father, and they recognize Dad's voice in a party, in a room, on the telephone, because they know their Father's voice, because they're growing up in their Father's house. So wherever we go, they hear my voice, because they hear it above all the voices in the room. Well, this is what it's like. That's a metaphor for what I'm saying. It's not it. It's not it. It's got to go deeper than that. You've got to hear what I'm not saying, but what I am saying. Paul said this, I speak mature words to the mature. They hear, understand, receive, and there is fruit produced out of them. The one that doesn't hear and understand, nothing happens. The one that hears, gets excited, nothing happens. The other one, they don't even hear anything. That's a kingdom parable with a powerful truth. And the Bible says, if you don't understand that, you don't understand no parables. But we're to be the people that are in the mysteries of the kingdom parables. So who do we need? 
the Holy Spirit. He is so important. Are you taking advantage of the Holy Spirit and the purpose for why he came? He goes on, he says, I will only speak what I hear and he, Jesus, will disclose to you what, sorry, the Spirit will disclose to you what is to come. So the Holy Spirit is going to disclose what is to come. Remember, we're now post. How many promises are there in his food source for the church? How many are you in? Because you are spending time with him and you create environments. You can't teach yourself. You can't learn. Jesus said, come to me and learn from me. But you can create environments of intimacy within your heart cries and you're hungry and you're thirsty for righteousness. And you go, Lord, I want you more than I want my life. I want you more than I want to be married. I want you more than I want a career. I want you more than I want a child. I want more, more than life. Because life is consuming the church today, guys. Life is consuming us and it's got a hold on us. And yet we're to be the people free of life. And you hear, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And I never hear, I'm busy with the Lord. I hear, I'm busy with kids and sport and homes and this. I never hear anyone say to me, I'm busy spending time with God. And yet Jesus was. And he lived and did everything in his life from being busy with his father. He was busy with his father's business. He only lived to see his father's will. And he knew the Holy Spirit well. And he knew his absolute need for the Holy Spirit. And he had the Spirit of God living where? In him. Mary was pregnant with heaven. When would the head of the Holy Spirit go? So Jesus is pregnant. Sorry, Mary is pregnant with Jesus. Jesus goes. Where does the Holy Spirit come? Who's pregnant? Who's carrying a baby? You give birth to babies all the time. Come on, man. Are we pregnant with the Holy Spirit? Jesus came into Mary's womb, gave birth. He went, he sent the Spirit. Where? Into the church. The baby, again, to repeat the process. Why? So we can be Christ-like. And then he becomes a teacher on the inside of us. For he says, do not call anyone else rabbi. Do not call anyone else your father. Do not call anyone else your leader. For I am all those things to you. You don't need a teacher anymore. The anointing of heaven is to teach you. 1 John 2, 26 to 28. Greg, what are you saying? We don't need you? Well, sort of, no. Not as primary, as secondary, yes. What about the fivefold teaching gift? Are you saying we don't need that? No, but not as primary, as secondary. For we are all to be taught by the teacher, the Holy Spirit, who lives within us. He wants to speak from within us and bring us into all that Jesus had to disclose to us. Wow! Man! But this thing called time, which is your greatest commodity... Now, God is outside of time, but it is the greatest commodity to every one of us. 
What do we do with the greatest commodity given? Live for us or get to know him? Think about that because this is going to determine whether you will come in to know him, whether you'll truly take advantage of the Holy Spirit, whether the Holy Spirit will teach you all the things that are in Christ and how that's going to affect our lives as an individual and as a church. If we're not going to give up time, then you're living for you. And that would be incredibly sad for you to never know why you were given breath. He loves us whether we do or not. It's never a love thing in question. It's not a heaven, hell reality. It's an inheritance and a promise thing. Don't waste your life on you, meaning the old you. Spend your time discovering him and who you really are and the life you've been called for. And then allow that tension to flow into your marriage, your family, your holiday time, your sport, your work. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and will disclose it to you, to us. He has been commissioned, sent, ordered from the Creator to live on earth, in the church, surrounding the church, to bring the church into the fullness of Christ in her the hope of glory. So I want to leave you this question. How well do you know him? And there's no condemnation for those in Christ. So that question is there not to condemn, and it shouldn't condemn. If you're feeling condemned, it's a wrong feeling. Don't let the truth condemn you. Let it convict you to stir you into action. So ultimately, we have to take that up with him. And as Jeremy prayed beautifully this morning, he is so patient, waiting for us to turn. Find this thing called repentance, which is a lifestyle, not a one-off event, and walk. Then and only then will we be the church that he says. Then and only then will we be the individuals that he says. So there is much to come into from love, and power. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives within us, surrounds us, comforts us when you dismantle us. He's there when you bring us into life. He's there to reveal more of you, Father, within us. Thank you that he guides, that he counsels, that he heals. He does so many things, and we honor you, Holy Spirit, today. We thank you that you are a person and not a power, not a force, but a person that we can know like we know one another. And I pray, God, that we would dedicate and seek with all our heart to discover everything that's in your Holy Spirit for us. In Jesus' name, amen.